usual win back campaign, you would offer them like, oh, yeah, here are two months for you, you know, depending on how long you have been a customer with us, just to try to get you back. But I think it's already too late. Uh, so the prediction of the churn is an important component and it's going to become an important component to understand and to prevent people to leave the platform. Welcome to Retention Talk. I'm Neil Desai, and we're talking to the best minds in the world of product and customer success to bring you actionable strategies on reducing churn and boosting retention. This week, we're talking to Roman Puyan, a Senior Vice President and General Manager at Bport. In the episode, we talk about the importance of being integrated with your customer's ecosystem, using segmentation to forecast churn by cohort, and pay careful attention to what Roman has to say about onboarding. Let's dive in. Roman, thanks so much for being here. I uh, am really excited to chat and learn more about Bport's sort of approach to retention and 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 all of the things uh, that you guys do to sort of you know reduce churn and 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 make sure your customers get value. So the f- the first thing I'm curious about is how did you end up here and how did you get into focusing on retention and 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 churn? Like, tell me tell me your story in a super high level. Yes, yeah, so at Bport, subscription is quite new for us. Uh, we started uh, two year and a half ago back in. 2019-18 and we started with uh, Hype which was a subscription service I would say B2B for labels this one in terms of retention was easier uh, to retain because we had customers which were professional and they needed the service and then we went to a more uh, customer facing Bitport is a company uh, which uh, is a platform, sorry, which focuses uh, on the, on DJs, which is for the DJ community. And so we launched our two years ago. It's going to be one week. It's two years ago that we launched Link. At the beginning of Link, we didn't have so much integration. So maybe I can explain you what is Bitport Link. Bitport Link is kind of a streaming service, but for DJs. And being a streaming service for DJs, it means that you have to be integrated in software, in DJ software platforms, like uh, Recordbox from Pioneer or Serato or Tractor, to name a few. And in this platform, people, DJs would like to access their music directly, their music collection. And so when we started with Link, uh, we only had one platform. It was Recordbox. And so the users were like, yeah, I'm not using Recordbox. We started even with WeDJ, which is the mobile app, and then we quickly added Recordbox. But people using Tractor, Serato, or DJ from Algorithm, or Virtual DJ were like, yeah, I, I cannot use your platform. I don't want to move my entire system and DJ equipment to your platform. So it has been a challenge for us to integrate with a maximum of platform in a minimum amount of time. And two years later, I can tell you that we have we are integrating with uh, all the main platforms. The last one to date being Tractor, and that represents uh, 15 plus platforms. So to come back to your question, at the beginning, we have a lot of churn, right? People were trying, trying a bit with Recordbox and were dropping directly. So the first things we had to provide to our customers was a full integration within all the main software platform, but also having an ecosystem which they would start uh, to invest time in. For music service, it's key that the user start to create playlists, start to put effort into the platform. 
because as soon as they put effort into the platform, then they are likely to remain or to, to, to stay with you because they have spent hours curating their music, organizing their music collection within the link subscription. And if you add more and more platform, you, you have more and more customer joining. But then we also added a DJ web app, which is kind of uh, an incarnation of the Bitport store for those who are DJs, but a super, a super accessible one. So that means you can access it from Chrome. You type in the URL dj.bitport.com, you log in with your Bitport subscription, and from then you can DJ and quickly test the tracks and have access to all of this content. And in the next few weeks, we're going to launch the mobile app, which is also uh, a dedicated mobile app for link subscribers. So people could curate and listen to music on the go. So what we are trying to do is a complete ecosystem where the user is constantly using it and putting effort into the system. And the more playlists they have, the more music they have, the more likely they're going to stay with you. So for me, that's really the basis of the retention Yeah. It's to have something where people really rely on. And I think everybody here may have Apple Music or Spotify subscription. It's very difficult if you are into music to, to leave this platform because you don't want to leave and to left all the playlists you have curated behind you. Got it. No, that, that, makes, that makes a ton of sense. And, and I didn't realize how new your subscription product was. So I'm sure there's been a lot of uh, l learnings as, as you guys have sort of added the subscription functionality on top of the legacy product. So you, you mentioned at the onset, there was quite a bit of churn that you guys saw. Walk me through your process for uh, understanding, you know, why your customers were churning and, and ultimately how you addressed, you know, what you found. I believe our uh, users were churning. Their platform of choice was not supported yet. And then for those who uh, were kind of using record box, luckily for us, we didn't see so many churns. So we knew that we had a good product because people would stick to it. There is something where I think a common mistake is to increase the free trial period. Uh, so we are offering one month and you saw a lot of music service offering two to three months. And what we have seen is that offering a longer time, if the user doesn't engage with your product after a month, I don't think it's, it's a customer you should try uh, to capture. It means he's not really interested. And I think a lot of uh, companies are kind of wasting effort and money on, on offering super long free trial. I think one month seems to us as a music company enough to engage the users. What we didn't have at the beginning is this onboarding email suite. And also we didn't even have a, a regular weekly email where you recommend to the people which music they could listen to. So what we have done is we have segmented our customer base depending on the test, on what they uh, play the most, and then targeting them with recommendation, which is uh, generated based on, on the data. So for example, if you are a DJ who likes drum and bass, then we would send you drum and bass recommendation. So you continue to use the platform, right? So you continue to invest and to check the platform and to put effort into the subscription. Everything is centered around that. And we spend a lot of time on the recommendation side of things. So we recommend you really good tracks, which get you hooked up, right? Which makes you wanting to use the platform. I think uh, being a DJ myself, I'm also a label owner and a promoter. 
which these days we can't wait as a promoter. We can't wait as promoters. So we can't wait to, uh, for the live events to restart here in Europe. I, I know, uh, in California it's restarting. So that's, that's great to see. But the mindset is exactly that you don't send trans tracks to a German based DJ. He would be offended. And he would consider that you don't understand him and your brand is completely off topic. So it was really important for us to have a proper segmentation. So we segmented our users by, you know, house, techno, drum and bass, all the main genres. And then uh, we even went a level further, I would say, or level down in terms of sub segmenting depending on the music they consume, right? The music they purchase or the music they play on Link. So what we are looking at is to even predict when you're going to churn based on your music consumption. So, you know, normally every month you stream 100 tracks or you, you, you stream, let's say, two or three hours. And then we see that these months you only stream 30 minutes or it's dropping. And then the months after, it's also 30 minutes where like, okay, this person or this user uh, might be at risk to leave link. So what we do is we start to address you and to send you some dedicated email to re-engage you uh, with the platform. So the churn prediction, uh, it's something we are putting in place now, which would help us uh, to even prevent people to churn because... Of course, when they churn, we have the, the kind of what we call the win back uh, strategy or campaign, which is uh, once you are done, we ask you why you left first. So to understand what's not good with our product or what we should improve. And that has helped us in the beginning, by the way, to say, okay, people want absolutely to be tractor to be integrated. So we knew why people were churning and we were not freaking out because we knew it was not our product. It was just a question of time before we get integrated into uh, the Tractor DJ software. But usual win-back campaign, you would offer them like, oh, here are two months for you, you know, depending on how long you have been a customer with us, just to try to get you back. But I think it's already too late. Uh, so the prediction of the churn is an important component and it's going to become an important component to, under component, sorry, to understand and to prevent people to leave the platform. I'm super curious about two things on this that I want to unpack. First is uh, churn prediction models are terrific, right? What if they work well and if the inputs are are good, right? So like curious, you talked a little bit about segmentation based on usage and, and certain activation metrics. What are you guys ultimately trying to do with the folks that aren't that active, right? Is it just, hey, keep using the product? Is it something else? Like what action do you hope they take and how do you guys measure that over time? With the, product, the churn prediction model, we're not going to target people who are kind of dormant and paying because yep. I think these people don't realize they are paying the subscription. And I'm sorry to, to tell it, but business-wise, it doesn't make sense to spend effort on people who completely forgot about that subscription and to react, reactivate them. So the, we have to be, to be smart and understanding who we should uh, prevent to churn. And so we have been smart enough to say, okay, this user, the first two months he was in and since then, you know, it's like six months, he didn't touch it, but he's still paying. So why should we do anything there as long as he is paying? And so those one we, we want 
really we are into the tactic mode, but those one we want we want to react reactive them because it's simply a dormant subscription. And you don't want to, you know, to activate or to reach out. And then these people are like, I'm not using that. I'm gonna cancel right away. And it represents a fraction of our customer base because as I said, it's a DJ subscription, it's quite expensive. You know, it's not a $5 one, it's rather $15, $30, and up to $45 a month. So it's a kind of uh, subscription, you know what you are paying for and you know, you want it. So we, we have a few percent, which we, we let dormant, right? It's based on the average, right? On the average time they spend, they play. And if we see that they start to deviate from their usual pattern, that's where we reach out. You know, we are learning as we go with this uh, prediction model. No, that makes a ton of sense, right? You sort of leave the sleepers alone and try to get folks that are sort of somewhat active uh, into becoming more active through nudges and, and, and sort of emails and whatnot. The flip side of that, so you also mentioned you guys have sort of a survey, right, through the cancellation flow to sort of learn more about why the customer is churning. So one, based on their response, does anything happen? Do they get certain offers or do you guys try to save them at that time? And two, who synthesizes the results and, and ultimately who takes action on, 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 you know, patterns over time? So we have a business analytics department and they kind of monitor and tweak their algorithm uh, based on what they see, right? And about a win back, we are still experiencing what would work the best. Because, you know, offering two months for free, yes, they will re-onboard, but then they will drop immediately after the two months. So you have these two months to kind of reactivate them by sending them, uh, again, recommendation and and uh, link playlist. You know, every week we, we send special exclusive link playlist. But win back, as I said, for me, it's already too late. And preventing the churn rate is the key. Who's in charge of uh, taking action on that? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a business analytics department. And we, we kind of have weekly meetings where we discuss what's going on with our uh, cohorts. No, I love that. You'd be surprised how many teams just let customers churn without learning anything, right? And, you know, obviously it sucks that the customer's churning, but hopefully you can leverage those insights to, to improve the product or change something moving forward. So it sounds, it sounds like, you know, the, the team has a very sort of proactive or to your point, right, taking a proactive approach to reducing churn is, is one that's more effective, right? What's something that, you know, you guys struggled with early on, but, but really, you know, have overcome through, through doing this? I think the product was incomplete when, when we launched and it took time for us to add the features because we are working with a lot of partners. So when we say 10 to 15 integration, it's 10 to 15 partners to work with, to make sure they integrate the product in the way you want. So the challenge for us, I think has been more on the product feature side of things. And that's why two years later, I can say that we have almost completed our ecosystem, but we have found tricks on the way to retain better customers. So for example, something I would have never imagined is that we, uh, you know, when you go on bitports.com, you have two minute previews for each track. And what we did, waiting for all the platforms to be enabled uh, in the early days, six months to one year after we launched, we allowed for link subscriber the possibility to stream the entire track on the Bitport store, right? So that has allowed us to retain more people to the platform, even if their platform or their tractor, you know, their DJ software of choice 
were not yet available. So I would say it was more on the feature set. It took time for this product to, to really be convincing for the users. But don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, each, each users which would have record box, most of them stick with us. And something we have done is analyzing our cohort. So by months, for example, people who onboarded in July last year, you can see how many remains right in uh, August and then in September. So you have this gigantic diagram where you see how your cohort are churning or not. And doing that per plan and per product like Bitcoin helped us tremendously first to be better at our projections uh, in the future, right? Because I can tell you, for example, what what's our, our goal in terms of churn rate? Because as we completed the system, I think initially we had the 18% churn rate when the customer is paying. Of course, from free to paying, uh, it's rather, I think we lose between 30 and 40% of them, right? So we have a 60, 70% retention rate. And then when they are paid, at the beginning, it was 18%. Uh, it went down to 14. Nowadays, we might be at 10, 12. And our goal is to go at eight, which I think are pretty good for a subscription project. I don't know if you have any reference on your side. <laughs> We'd be curious to know if those are, are good churn rates. <laughs> Short answer is yes, uh, right? We have, so just for context, ProfitWell has about 25,000 subscription companies plugged in to their billing system. So we're able to generate a lot of benchmarks and data around, you know, what's a good churn rate? What do you see based on ARPU and things like that? And you can sort of compare your data against others in your industry. So a 3% churn rate, depending on your demographic, especially for a consumer product, is actually pretty good, right? Um, and then when you break down that 3% into voluntary and delinquent churn, you start to see some nuance there. I'm happy to, to share some data offline, you know, around uh, some of these things, if, if that's something you, you guys are curious about. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But I was mentioning 8% is, is our target. I don't think we can go to 3 Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. I thought, sorry, I misheard. So, so 8%, yeah, totally. So 8% based on your ARPU is decent, right? Now, especially given given the, the, the volatility of the use case, is pretty good. Now, having said that, I, we, I have seen consumer subscriptions, even in the music industry, that are a little bit lower, right in the, in the four to five range. Do the other tactics like, you know, I'm not sure if you guys have explored uh, longer term links. Um, so perhaps offering up an, an annual subscription instead of a monthly plan or a six-month subscription instead of a monthly plan to sort of lock people in. And then there's probably also in your business a ton of mechanical errors around, you know, credit cards and things like that as well that you could probably optimize for, um, you know, even further. So uh, I think 8% is a pretty good start, but but there's obviously probably room for improvement around uh, some of the some of the mechanical things that that, you know, drive churn as well. Yeah, we, we were looking into six months and annual churn, so we, we annual uh, subscription. Uh, so that's that's going to come online later this year as well. Because what's funny is like, you know, when you look at the data, churn on annuals and, and six months are, is way lower because not only is a, is a user, you know, locked into a longer term length, but you're swiping their card a lot less too. So there's a lot less delinquencies as well. So something to think about. And again, we, we like this, the data that we study all day. So I'm happy to share more cuts after the fact as well, if that's interesting. Definitely. Thank you.
What are you guys using for, for billing or payment gateways? Recurly. Gotcha. Okay. And Recurly is actually, you know, they, they do a decent job of providing sort of some functionality out of the box. But obviously, you know, there's obviously more optimizations you can make at the subscription level. So just sort of curious there. I know we're sort of over on time here, Roman, but I guess just to, just to sum up and, and so we can round things out here, it's like if you could give yourself some advice to the Roman of five years ago or to others listening to this who, who are probably earlier or, or struggling with retention, you know, what might you say to them? I would say that the, the before retain, retaining customer, uh, the most important is to onboarding them and to get the maximum of them into your subscription plan or your subscription model. Because what we have seen is by multiplying the platform, by having a DJ web app, which is super accessible, we onboard way more people. Of course, some of them will churn because of the, as you said, the volatility of the product. We are also addressing a really young demographic, uh, which people between um, 20 and 30 years old. So they might, you know, go on and off depending on their income. They don't have yet uh, a solid income. So I think before going into full retention mode, the first things you have to solve is to onboard a maximum of users. And then for us, once we have onboarded so many users, we could focus on, on retention and uh, optimize the retention side of things. So I wouldn't freak out too much at the beginning if you have a lot of churn rate because over time, it's going to improve as you make your product corresponding to the needs of your customer. So I would rather put it on the product side and understanding your customer needs. And then in terms of retention, I think you learn and everybody's learning with the subscription model over time how to uh, retain your customer. But something which is really important is to, on a weekly basis, look at what's going on, at least on a weekly basis. I think it has been key for us than even looking at a monthly basis or quarter basis. Just just check constantly your product to see the small action you are doing, right? The so small promotion. For example, we tested uh, sending a newsletter, which is highlight your stats, your personal stats. So for example, oh, you, you stream 1,000 songs, you stream two hours of music and you listen to 24 genres out of your our 32 genres. Those kind of things you can, when you launch that, if you look at a weekly base, you can see if it has an impact on your retention. So it's important to constantly look at it. That makes sense. Cool. Thanks, Roman. This was super helpful for me and I'm sure to the audience and just learning a little bit more about how Bport, the relatively new subscription has sort of already tackled and at some of these challenges. If people want to learn more about the product and or, or, or you, how do people find you in, in the company? The easiest is to go on bitport.com and there you can find uh, the link subscription. If you want more detail, it's link.bitport.com. I recommend you to test it. It's one month for free. And we also have uh, BitSource, which is like Bitport, but more for hip hop and Latin and uh, R&B music. So that's also uh, something you can you can check out. And uh, on LinkedIn, you can reach out to me uh, on Roma Puyon. Thanks Great. for having me, guys. Absolutely, Roman. Really, really appreciate the time. Special thanks to Roman Puyan for being on this show. We covered a lot of ground today, and hopefully there are a few nuggets of wisdom that you can take with you. To recap, we talked about 
Number one, the importance of being integrated with your customer's ecosystem. By forcing users to only use one software, it makes it really difficult to retain customers who have already built out systems on other platforms. Second, using segmentation to forecast churn by cohort. Using a broad retention tactic for all customers is not as effective as a calculated win-back campaign for individual segments. And lastly, retention starts with onboarding. Before retaining a customer, you have to instill the value that your product provides. The best thing you can do upfront is ensure that your onboarding is in a good place. Check in with your team weekly and ensure that the tweaks, large or small, are affecting the numbers that you're tracking. If you want to share this with the team or implement any of this for your own business, we've packaged all of this for you in the show notes down below. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Retention Talk. Don't forget to subscribe at retentiontalk.com. And if you want to help spread the word, tag me on Twitter, NeilDecide23, and let's dish out today's episode. Please give us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice and let your friends know as well. And always, if you have any questions at all, send an email to neil at profitwell.com. This has been a Profitwell Recur production, the largest, fastest growing media network dedicated to the world of subscriptions.